0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org party today.
1: Support for this show comes from The Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. From Spirituality and Health magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Kathleen Dowling Singh, an author and transpersonal therapist. Her newest book, The Grace in Living, focuses on the practice of writing your spiritual biography. A review of the book is in the November-December issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Kathleen Singh, welcome to Essential Conversations.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me, Rami. I'm very happy to have the time with you. Well, I appreciate your giving us
1: the time. The book is fascinating. And I'm going to jump right in. I'm gonna, I want to tell you something that I found I mean, the, the ideas are, are fascinating. The practice of writing your spiritual biography, and, I'm, and I em- want to emphasize biography, not autobiography, and you'll tell us why later. Uh-huh. But besides that, I was so pleased that right up front in the book, you define your terms. So many people who write in the field of spirituality coast by on using these vague terms, allowing the reader to sort of read into what they want the author to say, rather than what the author is actually saying, and you take six key words: grace, self, being, heart, practice, and spiritual path, and you define them for us, so that we know where you're coming from. And I'd, I'd love to go through all six with you, but we don't have time. So let's let's just start with grace, since that's the uh, that's the 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 one that's featured in the book's title. How do you understand grace?
0: I understand grace as the sacred. Uh, it, it's always been the privilege of my life, really, to speak to groups of people from all different wisdom traditions. And I found that the word grace is because it connotes the sacred, because it connotes love, because it connotes blessing, because it connotes something far beyond our our small sense of self. It's a word that I found that people from any spiritual tradition can resonate with. They can translate, if need be, into their own language. But when I use the word grace, people know what we're talking about. Yeah, because you define it for us, which is, is so helpful.
1: In in your definition in the book, I mean, you say many people call it the Godhead or spirit, ground of being, great mystery, Tao Buddhism. It's uh, Dharmakaya, you suggest, Christ consciousness in Christianity. So these are obviously very different terms in the context of their religions. But you're speaking, uh, I, I guess you might say, oh, sort of interspiritually. So you're, you're using a word in a variety of ways that... Um, Help us link these different traditions together. But the question I, I want to ask you is: In your experience, or in your, you know, your thinking on grace, is grace self-aware? Does it? Does grace know me? Does grace love me? Judge me? Punish me? Or is grace a non-personal reality, something like when Saint Paul says defines God in the Book of Acts as uh, that in whom I live and move and have my being. Where Where, where do you fall on that?
0: Well. Grace is our essential nature, in my view, and in 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 my experience of um, whatever depth I've been I've been blessed to attend to in my life. Uh, Grace is, we're not inseparable from grace, except in our beliefs. We're manifestations of grace. We're not other than it, except in all the moments that we're we're caught in our small sense of self, which feels separate from grace. I think that's one of the greatest obstacles to recognizing um, our essential nature, is that we believe that all of our egoic thoughts are the sum total of who we are.
1: Yes. I mean, that's really, you stated that so clearly. So, so, you know, grace is our essential nature. We, and and then I'm just quoting you, we are a manifestation of grace, an extension of grace. So would you say that in, in, in other language? And I, I don't know if I'm trying to pin you down or sort of challenge our, some of our listeners. Would you say then that God is our essential nature, um, that we are each a manifestation of the divine?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay, so that a that puts you and I in the same box. If if (laughs) I shouldn't say box, (laughs) but you know, it's a a big box. Yeah, it
0: has any boundaries.
1: Right, right, right. It's a it's a a boundless box. Okay, but uh, but it does. It puts us on the on the same wavelength. I'm trying to find something that isn't so limiting as box. But okay. (laughs) So, as you just explained it, the big problem is we are not aware of our own essential nature. Our own essential nature is the divine as grace. And as I understand it, the purpose of spiritual biography is to help uh, wake us up to that, to help to help us realize our truest nature. So tell us a little bit about um, spiritual biography, how you, I don't, know, I don't know if you came to the practice, you found it, you invented it, what Tell, tell us what you can about the history of spiritual biography in your experience, and then define it for us.
0: Well, if I go back to my own experience, Rami, I, I can see that I was a person who had um, an earnest, a committed, a, 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 a deep spiritual practice uh, for decades, and yet i held myself as unworthy i held my i held grace as something other than the very essence of my own being and i began uh, kind of spontaneously, you could say, to begin to look at my life in a radically new way and to begin to look at um, all of the moments in my life, beginning, you know, from my earliest years where I had a sense of the transcendent, where I had a sense, my goodness, there is so much more to this than than people are talking about. And I think most most people have what you might call transcendent experiences. They're experiences. Let's put it this way: of awareness beyond self, as children and um, as as we grow up, it, it, it it's not. Um, something that's typically supported in our culture. We live in a, a fairly spiritually impoverished culture. But I began to look at all of the times in my life when grace was present, but I didn't know enough, so confined in my in my sense of self and what people told me of of who I am and who we all are that I I I couldn't recognize it. And as I began to go through my life, I I realized that grace was never absent. My attention was absent absent from grace, but grace was never absent. And I that's part of why I wrote the book to Because I speak all over the country and I've met so many thousands of of beautiful, sincere practitioners who are still beset like with self-doubt, with kind of glorified ideas of what enlightenment is or what awakening is. And to, to so many people, it seemed as if awakening were something for you know, people who are perhaps more spiritually advanced, or or more worthy, or more purified than they. And I I wrote this book, The Grace in Living, specifically to speak to those people. I could I can picture their faces in my mind as I wrote it, to give them. Um, a, a contemplative exercise that allows us to recognize that grace has never been present. That our very longing to awaken is—is is grace working within us, calling us home? So, I don't want—I
1: don't want to get sidetracked to a great degree, but I'm curious. You, uh, you you said a couple of things that I guess I want to expand on, have you expand on for a moment. One, that you have these experiences of the transcendent, though you're really talking about something that's beyond transcendent. It's really imminent and transcendent if grace is the essence of everything. but
0: Yes, um, yes, indeed.
1: Yeah. But so how young are we talking?
0: Oh, for me, as a young girl, I, I've done this exercise of, of, of looking at our lives in, in terms of spiritual biography, which is a completely, radically new way of looking at our lives with many, many people at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard people as young as two uh, describe experiences they've, they have of um, what I would call awareness beyond self.
1: Okay. So, so this stuff is really um, intrinsic to us. This, the, even the experience is innate in us. We don't have to be, and you said this a moment ago, really, we don't have to be taught it. It's not a specialty. It's something that everyone has access to. And then uh, you said, you know, we live in a, in a spiritually impoverished culture. Why do you think that is? I mean, I don't know where you live. I, I live in Tennessee. There's a church on every corner <laughs> and and I don't think people here would say they're spiritually impoverished, but I would. I'm being very judgmental here, but I would say that they are not in touch with grace as your under as your defining grace, as your experiencing grace. Uh-huh. So that you can you can be very religious. This is a question: Can you be very religious and still be spiritually poor? I I
0: don't know that we experience the richness of our essential nature without a meditative or a contemplative practice i i i think that to repeat the words of a of a theology or a cosmology and to you know try with all our might to to believe what we're told to believe That isn't a particularly uh, transformative way to live our lives. To me, the transformative way to live our life is to learn to enter silence, um, to train our minds so that we can be still, that we can be receptive, that we can... um, in in a sense, uh, let go of all our conceptualizations and and um, drop down to the level of our heart, where where we resonate with the truth, where we resonate with what's sacred. Uh, we may not be religiously impoverished in, in the United States, um, but we have for a long time been spiritually impoverished, although I think at this point there's quite a few million people who are engaged in um, a sincere contemplative or meditative practice, and that gives me enormous hope. The the book, The Grace in Living, is addressed to those people who are engaged. In the practice, and yet still um, carry with them all of the uh, uh, you, you, all of the remnants of egos. Egos are are um, by nature insufficient. They're they're an insufficient. Type insufficient accounting of who we are. And so there's always questions of doubt and self-worth in ego. And uh, I think contemplative practice allows us to um, step out beyond self.
1: Great. So let's get into contemplative practice, the contemplative practice of the book, uh, the, the notion of spiritual biography. So tell us how to get into that. How do we how do we do that?
0: Well, in the book, I get very... Brief instructions um, as to how to to look at our lives. There are contemplative questions that ask people to engage in in what is actually a meditative activity, which is which is recollection of these moments of the presence of grace in our lives. And one of the things that I do in the book that I think uh well that I know from people that I've worked with has been helpful is to look at our spiritual journey, if if that's what you want to call it, um, as occurring in in uh, four different chapters or four quarters, and and the first one I, I call simply from taste the those. Um, Childhood experiences that we have of transcendence or of the sacred, and I call I call that chapter from taste to hunger, um, from you know these early childhood experiences to when we first set out deliberately in response to the longing arising in us to find a, a spiritual path with which we resonate. And uh, the second quarter, very briefly, I call from um, I call as a, as a passage, passage from seeking to the end of seeking. And it's a long quarter because we bring our egos into seeking and our egos are filled with striving and our egos think that it is the ego that's going to get enlightened. And we're our own worst enemy. And I think at some point to rest in the acknowledgement that we are, except in our beliefs, always already inseparable from grace, m- marks the end of seeking. There's, Buddha talked about five, uh, four rather, resistances that our ordinary unexamined mind has to recognizing grace, recognizing our own essential nature. And he said that we don't recognize our true nature because it's too close, it's too profound, it's too easy. And also, to me, the most poignant resistance he says that we have in ordinary minds to recognize our inseparability from grace is that it's too wonderful. Mm.
1: So, so Kathleen, I know you have two other quarters to get us through, and I still would love to have you give us some insight into the practice itself. And we've only got a couple minutes left. So uh, I'm gonna give you that challenge. Can you, cause I, I,
0: I'm sure people wanna hear the other two quarters. Yeah, the other two quarters very briefly. Uh, the third quarter is is healing into maturity because each we don't go through life without wounds. It's a very hard thing to be a human being. And until we heal our wounds, they will keep pulling us back into self. And uh, the third quarter is about a very compassionate, very clear eyed view of what it is in each of our um, egos that needs healing before we can step out into beyond self and, and and really abide there. And the fourth quarter, very simply, I just call ripening. And it is when all the, the noble qualities that you, people call them the Beatitudes begin to ripen in us and we really become an offering to a world that's suffering. The mm. process is really simple. It's making a timeline of your life. It's using the questions that are included in the book, the The Grace in Living. It takes some time. You know, it takes some uh, contemplation. Uh, usually people spend about a month doing it just kind of notating all of the different points in their lives where within this new view of our lives, we recognize that grace has always and is in this moment and will always be inseparable from who we think we are.
1: Mm. So, you know, in the book, you write that uh, you say in spirit, and this is a quote, In spiritual biography, we are not looking at the narrative of personality, of self. We simply, we're simply looking at the trajectory of our essential nature's illumination. Spiritual biography removes all the narratives that have nothing to do with awakening. And that's why I made the point in the beginning that you're you're calling it spiritual biography rather than spiritual autobiography. Autobiography is about you, the ego, the personality. You're really looking at this from the perspective of grace itself.
0: It's yes, right? absolutely, Rami, absolutely. And to to see it's always been here. Our attention might not have been uh, present within grace. It's typically taught, caught within ego, but it's a beautiful and um, enlightening process for each of us to recognize that grace has always been present. That we we can trust it. We can learn to live in it and we can relax the striving that um, characterizes so many people's spiritual journeys. Mm, Perfect way to
1: end, Kathleen. Thank you. That was just perfect. My guest today was Kathleen Dowling Singh. Her newest book, The Grace in Living, is reviewed in the November-December issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about Kathleen's work at her website, Singh. Kathleen, thank you so much for speaking with us on Essential Conversations.
0: Thank you, Rami. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Our pleasure. Support for this show comes from the Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine, Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami, thanks for listening. I'm Victoria Moran.